Good afternoon and welcome to the Auto Retail Network webinar. We're looking at the second half of 2022. Already it's flaming June, um, certainly a month weather-wise that we expect to be sunny and hot. Although statistically, it's actually wetter in June than it is in July and August. The car market numbers are similarly confusing at the moment. Um, and as we approach the midpoint of the year registrations, uh, we're seeing a dip in 9% overall and a revised forecast by the SMNT of a year end actually up 4% on last year to about 1.7 million. So a strong second half is going to be needed if those numbers are to be achieved. So today on our webinar, we're looking at the opportunities and ways to drive sales. Uh, with three leading retailers across the UK, along with insight from Autotrader. From the Northwest and North Midlands, Peter Smythe from Swansway. In Wales and the Borders, we have Jonathan Gravel from Gravels. And with a footprint across the M4 corridor, joining us from Oxford today is John O'Hanland from Waylands. Now, your comments and questions are, of course, central to our discussion here over the next uh, 30 to 40 minutes. You can type in your questions or contributions here. They make their way to Tristan, our editorial director, and then we will feed them in and make them part of the conversation. Or if you're following us on social media, you can use the hashtag ARNLive. So let's get started, first of all, with a view of the market and welcome to the ARN webinar to Mark Palmer, who's the brand director for Autotrader. Uh, Mark, what are the changes you're seeing at the moment uh, in terms of consumer behaviour? There's a lot going on in the economy. There's a lot going on in the car market. So what's that looking like with people on the, net, on the web buying cars? Yeah, um, thanks for the question. And uh, hi, everybody. Nice to nice to be here and joining you. As you know, and we share this data publicly very, very frequently, um, tons of information coming out of, um, out of the market and out of Autotrader. And, and I guess um, the theme we're seeing at the moment um, is one of a, uh, we've sort of called this a slow return to normal, I guess. Um, naturally, comparisons when we publish data are distorted by 2021, a surge in 2021, and then, you know, the... the uh, the up and down and the volatility of 2020. So we're really careful to, to try to compare to 2019 as well. Um, and what we're seeing at the moment is um, that um, our audience is ahead of where it would have been in 2019 in kind of what we might call a normal period, I guess. Um, and it's back on 2021. And if we take ourselves, um, you know, go back 12 months, we've not long emerged from a, a, the final lockdown in the UK and, a, and the, the surge of pent up demand. So. Um, I guess we, we've got a pretty stable audience picture if we look over the longer term, um, and that's not given us any causes for concern. The um, In terms of surveys that we run, and we run surveys regularly, which might give us a bit of colour to add to those kind of those base numbers, um, three quarters of our audience is still telling us that they plan to buy in the next six months, and that's a figure that hasn't changed over any period of time. Most of the people using Autotrader, um, are, I've still got kind of a, a you know six months. Um, or within six months buying time. So that hasn't really changed. We are seeing um, a tiny drop in confidence, affordability confidence, but I would stress that that is a really small drop. Um, and, you know, if we go back two years, it's it's nowhere near as, as low as it was in sort of March, April 2020. The the kind of the, the overarching story on confidence is that eight in 10 people have still got either the same or more confidence they had than they had previously. Most people still feel they can afford the car that they came to buy. Um, 
now of the of the small proportion the fifth that say that they um, are a bit less confident um, some of them are saying that they've got a bit less money to spend others are saying that cars have become more expensive so there's a variety of reasons that are impacting people's affordability confidence but overall um, audiences audience metrics are you know are solid um, and affordability kind of confidence within people is, is pretty strong um, the next level of analysis which probably I can you know the last point really which will um, you know maybe help answer that question is that we see people still looking at um, you know the proportion of cars within certain price brackets has remained the same steadily year on year on year people have set their budgets and they're kind of sticking to those budgets so there's no sign that um, the amount of money people have got to spend is shifting down towards cheaper cars and um, of course the stock mix has changed in the market as cars have become more expensive you know the average prices of cars has increased of course we talk about that quite a lot um, it's 28 percent up year on year like for like um, but the um, the mix of views of cars has, has stayed very very similar to prior periods so um, overall the picture is um, audience is solid affordability confidence people still feel okay about that um, and we are still seeing them um, shop browse and research within the same budget ranges that they have done in the past so no surge towards um, cheaper priced cars Wow, looks like the world's going to be an easy ride um, in retail for the next uh, six months. Let's let's see how that looks around um, the country. Um, we're going to start in Wales and the borders with Jonathan uh, Gravel from Gravels. Jonathan, you've got seven sites. Um, you've spread across Statchakia, Renault and Seat. What's the market looking like for you then? It's, it, it, we hear from Mark, things are, are okay and it's steady as she goes. Yeah, I, I think I can see um, I can see where Mark's coming from, sort of at the top level. We are seeing different pictures in different locations. Um, I am seeing a bit of a softening of interest in sort of higher price vehicles. The smaller cars are, I think, are sort of a lot firmer, a lot stronger, um, whereas the uh, crossover segments are a bit under more pressure, and there's a bit less demand there. I think recently. Well, the last few weeks, the increase in fuel price is making people consider the vehicles to buy and affecting a bit of habits because they're concerned of how much they're spending at the pumps. So you are seeing, I think, a, a reduction in inquiries coming in. The, the overall level is quite strong. We're sort of down, say, 5%, 10% on, on last year, which is, which is reasonable, and about 5% last month. So it, the, the pictures overall are fairly stable. Um, but I think the, the fuel price is a big factor in people's behaviour. It's making them consider what they should change to. And I think that is driving sort of the more economical options in terms of what they should be buying. So what does that conversation look like then? Somebody walks into one of your showrooms uh, uh, and for the sales exec, of course, you don't ever want to be coming up with a no. Um, so they're concerned about fuel price. You know, think about electric vehicle. They go to an electric vehicle, can't get hold of one or it's expensive to buy. How, how do you manage that? I think it's 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 trying to um, really sort of develop their sort of uh, understanding of what's key for them, and trying to explain that um, a newer, more efficient vehicle, you know, can be cheaper to run than what they currently have. You've still got, as I said, the actual buyers out there are in similar similar numbers to what we've we've become used to. It's just that people tend to be sort of going after a a and b segments in a stronger number. That we're seeing sort of in the high the largest c and d and it's just recognizing there's there's more demand in that area and getting the right product in that category john o'hanlon from waylands m4 corridor so we're sort of reading oxford you've got eight sites um big in volvo um kia and now in mg what's the picture um from where you sit um uh... 
Al, I think you, you started off a little bit of a, a Michael Fish, didn't you? <laughs> uh, and I think it's really difficult at the moment. As you as we look around, there's so many headwinds following um, a period of, of significant tailwinds. And even um, yesterday, we had um, some of the numbers coming out from government, you know, that looked like, you know, another difficult month for the economy. Um, but actually, consumers and consumer spending rose. Um, it was just a large fall around about construction and especially NHS spending um, on track trace that actually caused that fallback. So I think we've just got to be careful. Consumers borrowed $1.4 billion more than they did um, previously. So I think you look at that and we've just got to be, our consumers are resilient, but they do actually react to the news that's out there. And I think Jonathan picked up on the big one at the moment. It's the the, the rising cost of living, it's fuel prices, it's energy prices, and all those things make consumers think about when they shop um, and what they're going to buy. Um, and we've seen that. We've seen our inquiries fall off in the last couple of months. What is reassuring is conversion has remained strong, um, particularly in used. So the, cu the, cu the customers that we're seeing, the consumers that are out there, are actually serious buyers and they want to buy um, a car. So I think, you know, going over those basics, making sure you're stocking absolutely the right car um, and the right price range for your local market hasn't gone away. And we've just got to remember that on the way through. So, yes, it's difficult. Yes, we can't rely on the, um, on the tailwinds unused. And of course, we're at the mercy of the manufacturers. Uh, on you and you know I would never say this and Peter will take a swipe at me um, you know I do feel a little bit sympathy for our national sales organisations those head offices for the manufacturers you know it's tough at the best of times but when they're having to be reactive to um, you know the factories and what's being produced and trying to cope with that um, for us it must be difficult um, and the people who are being successful are the people with the product. And, you know, with Kia, um, with MG, we've got product. So we, we're we really growing well with those brands. Volvo's been a little bit more difficult this year, um, but it looks like it's getting better. We're getting a little bit more confidence around about the next few months. You're watching the Auto Retail Network second half webinar. We're looking ahead to the end of the year and how the market is moving. It's got to recover a long way. If you've got comments or questions, uh, just dial them, uh, type them in here uh, on the webinar or use the hashtag ARNLive on Twitter, on social media, um, and we will play back your comments. We're going to head at the M6 now, um, stopping briefly at Birmingham um, for Peter Smyers Van Centre, uh, but then heading probably to the North Midlands and the North West, where uh, we have Swansway's 20 sites that stretch across the Volkswagen Group, a range of brands, a range of brands across Stellantis, Land Rover and Honda. So lots of, uh, a lot of the market there, Peter. What's your perspective? We've heard John and Jonathan with a sort of a cautious optimism. Are you in the same space? I'm in an optimistic space. Um, what I would say is I have always taken issue with uh, the likes of Market Auto Trader because I believe that their information is pretty well a month out of date. Um, and that it was like that going into the pandemic and it's like that coming out of the pandemic. Um, 
I, what I don't want to do, I don't want to sound condescending to, uh, to, to, to sort of like the audience, but for certain, um, the business is there as long as your pricing is key. So the market is moving. So there's, you're not seeing any 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 drop off in uh, footfall and and orders as they're coming through. What we are seeing and what what has happened there is there has been because we we have an um, overpriced used cars in the market because they've risen thirty percent over the last eighteen months. There are going to be probably three corrections, and we've already had the first correction. And that took place in April and May. And it didn't take place with uh, franchise dealer cars. It took place with used cars that were held by car supermarkets and used car dealers because the prices of those went off. Um, the franchise dealer correction is going to come in October. And the reason it's going to come in October is because stock then will be plentiful. It will, well, when you say plentiful, there'll be adequate enough for the OEMs to be saying, are you going to be hitting your target this month? And that will okay, then that's... force the way more mileage cars down. Yeah. So we're looking here at the second half. So obviously, yes, you're looking ahead to that. So so what would your guidance be to, to colleagues in the industry in terms of thinking about that as, as they, they know in a couple of months, uh, if you're correct, that that adjustment's coming? Well, again, I don't want to sound condescending because I discussed this with Paul Dick. Paul Daly from UHY Hacker Young, and he said, oh, God, if you say that on Auto Retail Network, people are going to think that you're talking down to them. But the fact of the matter is, I believe for the last two years, we've been like a heavyweight boxing champion who's been winning every bout but not been training in between fights. And I would say that what you've got to get back to doing is the things that you used to do prior to the pandemic. And, look, I've looked at, at our sites, and actually, in a lot of areas, we dropped the that we, we we were dropping the ball. I would say, if you've got overage cars at this moment in time, I would encourage the general manager, along with his sales manager and his sales team, to go out and look at each and every one of those used cars and find the reason why it's not sold. Because the uh, the market is there. It could be price. It could be preparation. Um, uh, but. Um, You've, you've got to get back to basic stuff like that. We've been able to get away with doing distance sales and part exchanges coming in that might not be quite as the customer described and letting them get away with it because we've been able to liquidate them at the auction and still make a profit. That stopped because the auction has definitely moved. So these are the things, the basic things that I believe, and certainly what we're doing in Swan's Way, you've got to do to get through the second half of the year. Are you seeing, in addition to doing those, uh, to taking those actions, and, and you know, I would say, I don't think there's any sense of patronizing what, what you're saying. I think you're providing an honest view of, of, of the market, but are you are you seeing any change in the customer behavior that, that, we, that we may have seen in terms of people being cautious about the cost of living crisis, people being cautious about the, the, the price of fuel? Is that, is that changing any behavior in, in the North and the Midlands or, or, or not? Is it more about the deal? I think that people are spending more time um, online shopping, looking to refine and hone the deal, but demand is still there. It's still above 
um, the 2019 levels, even though it's probably 30% down on last year. Uh, but last year, you, you know, that's like winning the Euro Euro millions last year. That That's a one-off and it ain't going to happen again. Um, but demand is still 6% higher in the used car market, which is really what we can only be concerned about at this moment in time. New is new. It'll come. They will sell. Going to go across to Wales. Jonathan, um, you know, home, home truth there from Peter. Do, does that chime with your experience uh, in terms of you, you feel actually there is a bit of an awakening uh, coming as, as we head into the chills of autumn? I, th I think it's a it's a fair point to sort of go back to do, make sure the basics are fully covered because um, it's been the last year has been quite an easy year after, after COVID in terms of pricing and demand. And I think that uh, we're, we're seeing more normal business pressures now, normal customers, whereas 12 months ago, it was very much, what can I get? Whereas now we, you're seeing customers shopping more and, Pushing a tougher deal, um, so yeah, I think that's that's fair. I think I think it's important that people sort of you know focus on the costs and focus on process. Something where people have become a bit lazier as the inquiries have been sort of more than they can handle uh, since since the, re the reopenings. From that sense, and mm -hmm. um, 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 what does that look like in your business? Then is there more focus at the moment in terms of on that detail now that the kind of the the, the, the fat is trimming away? Are you, are you spending more time? talking with all the various managers and, and, and looking at the, the KPIs? It's certainly, with you know, this year's increased costs that you're dealing with, um, staff costs, overheads, and also in terms of, uh, I think Peter summed it up with the actual disposal of part exchanges, trying to sort of move on cars that have been overvalued by salespeople or by customer. It's more of a challenge with sort of keeping the profit actually in the business from those deals. So there's a lot more work being done there where you could be more relaxed for the last 12 months, say. And does that mean you're you're dealing stuff out more rather than retailing it? Uh, no, I, th I think it's probably um, it, it, the, the mix is actually quite similar. You're not seeing a great movement. I think you just got to, you, you have to work harder at making the deal work for the customer and the business. Whereas for the last say nine months, you have it's it's been an easier market. Whereas now we're returning more to a normal market. And as you said, I think figures are still up on nineteen. So it's it's the opportunities there. I think the difficult bit probably is it's just sort of changing behavior because we always remember yesterday. We don't we don't remember two years ago or three years ago. We just look at how was it last month. And I think it's important to put that context around it. You're watching the Also Retail Network webinar. Thank you for joining us uh, and taking time to hear from three of the UK's leading retailers on the challenges and the opportunities for the second half as we look towards the end of 2022. Uh, John Hamlin from Wayland. John, you know, you are a man of detail. Um, all of your premises uh, seem to win awards. You take clear focus on understanding all that detail. How are you coping with increased costs, um, particularly, you know, technician uh, wage increases, energy costs going up? How do you manage that at the moment as you're looking into the second half and trying to sustain profitability? I mean, I think, first of all, we work really hard on getting our budgets right so we bottom up approach um line by line we try to get it as accurate as possible we don't use run rates we actually try to break it down um so i think going into the going into the year you know we've got a really good idea of what's in every single line um that's not to say that we haven't been slightly shocked um by the scale of some of the increases but we did budget for a pay increase. That pay increase has been um, delivered. Um, you know, it's the biggest increase that we've put in um, for Raylands. Um, 
But I think it's also how about you address these and challenge the costs. So some costs we can't, you know, um, you know, our energy costs are up 150%. Um, you can shelter yourself by having slightly longer term um, deals. But of course, those deals run out. And so often they run out at the wrong time. But we've worked really hard around about um, our energy management program. So we've audited every site to see how we use energy and how we can cut it back. Um, and I think if there's ever a time um, to actually hook up to the sustainability wagon, it's now. Because we've always used, um, we called it uh, the Whelan's Leaf, lowering emissions uh, to aid the future. Um, and if you went around any of our, our dealership sites, you'll have seen the stickers beside the lights, beside heat controls, saying turn it off, turn it down. Um, and actually, yes, that does have a sustainability impact, but it also saves money. You're using less energy. So, you know, I would absolutely challenge everyone to make sure that they use control the costs that you can, um, understand what you're using, and then try and control it as much as possible. Um, you know, some of the stuff that we all should be doing. Your your lighting should be LED. You know, we sh those are the those are a lot of the things that you know the the best the best dealers will already have delivered on and taking advantage of. But it's just going round challenge general managers. Challenge the you know the, the the guys and girls on the on the shop floor. Where are we wasting money? How can we stop wasting money? You know, I think the previous part of the conversation. You know, bad habits and good times, absolutely. So get into the management accounts, challenge the costs, and make sure that you understand where you're spending the money. Fixing the roof before the rain comes. Mm. Yes, Michael. <laughs> you see, there's a weather theme running through here. Absolutely. <laughs> This is the Auto Retail Network webinar on uh, the second half of 2022. Mark Palmer um, at Auto Trader, thinking then about the year to come, if the SMT forecast come right, we, we're going to see a growth on last year um, overall in terms of new cars. That's dependent, of course, on supply vehicles. Um, and that inevitably will drive a corresponding growth in, in used cars. So what's your, your view of the way the year is going to pan out, Mark? Uh, so, firstly, in the conversations we've had with SMMT and with um, manufacturers on new car supply, um, you know, there's a question, you know, we ask quite frequently when, when we when we talk to different different car makers, will production be ramping up? What do you think is going to happen? And, and the answers we get asked, essentially, that's going to really vary by manufacturer, as, as you'd expect. There's no kind of clear picture of that. Um, they've all been affected in different ways by different challenges. Some have been better insulated because of um, control over supply chains and stuff. But but generally, there's no clear picture for the back half of the year on uh, new car supply. So the consensus seems to be that we'll be well into 2023 before we start to see what we call normal um, new car um, and new car supply picture. It's interesting actually what's going on with that just for, for the second half of this year for, you know, for um, in terms of the new car market. Our data showing that buyers are often moving between brands when they can't find the sort of thing they, they came to originally look for. Um, so a lack of stock rather than move from from one product within a range you know that where, where they may not be um the car they, they you know they came to find they're not skipping onto another one within the same brand they're moving on to different brands um so we would see inevitably that as uh, supply is volatile through the back half of the year different manufacturers will start to you know share will really really be up and down and change um so that'll be the new car picture clearly with used um you know we've got a, a you know a, probably a clearer view on what 
what we'd expect to be coming back and and we're now this year next year and for the next couple of years feeling the effects of 2020 aren't we so that you know what's happened in new car in 2020 is now manifesting itself in 2022 and 23 um and then ongoing and of course you've got you know first of all a big pause in the new car market then we've got um since then different shortages at different times and, and so on which has impacted that ongoing and then the kind of business that's been written all the cars that have been registered and new have largely been put into the retail sector of course which will be likely held out of the market for that bit longer we've not seen short cycle business so in terms of used car supply for the second half of the year the outlook remains you know pretty tight you know we're not going to have um an influx of young used cars um and that's one of the reasons why you know we think that if um, demand stays relatively stable, as we're seeing at the moment, as we've all just said, really. Um, there's not going to be oversupply coming back in. We're not going to be a glut of cars coming back in. So, you know, so really, I think from a retailer perspective, it's making sure, as John's just talked about there, having the right car um, in the right place at the right time, using data to drive that, especially with all of the, you know, the concerns around cost of business and so on, making sure that you've, you've got the right stock um, is going to be much more important even than it is now as we go into the second half of the year. You're watching the Auto Retail Network webinar. If you have comments and questions, please now is the time to send them through to Tristan and we'll include them in the uh, discussion. One point which we haven't touched on but has been in the industry news uh, of late, certainly keeping the Sundays occupied um, and in the media generally, is Kazoo. The COVID question, of course, is linked to that because COVID was the spur, was the catalyst for the retail sector to enhance and improve digital skills. Because for a while, buying online was the only way you could uh, you could actually physically get a car. Of course, Kazoo has spent millions um, in brand awareness. Uh, Carzam has folded, but in a way, has the investors' cash that's been burnt? driving visibility for Kazoo and Kazam actually help raise awareness and make buying a car online acceptable. Peter, Peter Smythe at Swansway, what's your thought about that? My thoughts um, about uh, Kazoo and, and Kazam, I have very, very th fixed thoughts on Kazoo and Kazam. I believe that customers were accepting getting involved in buying cars online before Kazoo and Kazam actually existed. Um, Yes, there are people who will buy cars totally online. And like Robert Forrester said, out of his 89,000 cars he sold last year, 900 of them were sold truly online. But I believe that um, with the second biggest purchase that a family will make, they will do lots of research online. They will then want to come down. They'll want to touch, feel, see, and drive the product because each used car is absolutely unique. To me... The demise in Kazoo is really quite simple. There was a conference call that Alex Chesterman held last week with Steve Morano and his investors, and they were laying open how much cash they had left to survive. And in that, they showed that they had £225 million worth of used inventory. At £15,000 per car, that means they've got 15,000 cars in stock, but they've only got 7,000 on their website. That's why they'll fail. Have they done a favour, though, to the industry in terms of, of that? I mean, the amount of money that's been burnt in terms of advertising promotion, you, you can't ignore the TV or wherever to, to, to actually just raise awareness of online purchase. 
Uh, no, I don't think they've really done anything. I, I, I believe they've tried to... They're in the falsehood that they think they can create a used car brand. There is only one used car brand, and that's Mark's brand, and that's the Auto Trader, where there are 600,000 cars online. I really don't think they've done anything. All they've done is just made Everton, Aston Villa, the Derby, the Tiddlywinks in Wilmslow, the cricket, the darts, a little bit more wealthier. I said it was going to be lively today when we uh, when we joined the Auto Resale Network. John O'Hanlon, um, interesting point there from, from Peter. And actually, um, we saw Arnold Clark CEO Eddie Hawthorne um, say this week that online sales have slowed, but mainly because people, as Peter said, want to come to the showroom. Uh, is is, is mm. that your experience? Um, yes. Um, I, I always enjoy watching Peter... Uh, talk about uh, Kazoo um, and maybe the reason why Kazam didn't prosper was less about um, Kazoo's share price and more about the level of marketing um, and try to drive people onto their website versus the other two majors. Um, I I do look at the, the opportunity out there and we're just seeing, we're seeing as many customers coming back in the footfall into the showroom um, is just as strong. We've worked really hard around about a digital sales team. So we do have live chat, but 95, 96% of our live chats are not answered by an agency. They're answered by our own team. So I think every part of that digital journey, we've got to put our brand imprint on it. It's got to be more of a Whalen's feel, you know, as ones we feel as Ravel's feel on um, on that journey. Um, so you've still got a personality, you've got a charisma, you're demonstrating your, your level of expertise um, around around that journey. So I, I don't fear, um, you know, those uh, online players. Um, the point's been well made that we are omni-channel. We have been omni-channel for a long time. You know, customers have, as long as, as long as the internet's been around, you know, we've had that five years ago. It was 25, um, you know, pieces of research they were doing on separate websites. We know customers do that. Um, so I don't fear it. We've just got to be well positioned. The challenge for us is to make sure it's as easy and informed for every customer who wants to use whatever way they want to use, we shouldn't be forcing them down, down either way. And I do not believe there's enough pure online customers out there today to maintain and sustain the level of spend that at least the two majors are doing. Jonathan, you like 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 uh, Peter and John will have will have changed and invested uh, during COVID in terms of upping the digital skill. Is are you sustaining the same level, or is there any difference now in the way that you are um, resourcing um, your business to to meet today's demand of online versus offline? I, I think it's just become another channel that we've got to work with and sort of take the opportunity with the consumer. Um, You've sort of learned more during COVID. We're now more digitally aware that businesses can perform more successfully in that channel. But as we've all covered, the test drive remains sort of the key action. A consumer wants to see, touch and feel the car. So all the digital side is very much about the research and funneling the customer in terms of the car they actually desire. And then it's sort of the engagement works a lot off-site until you get to the point of the on-site test. And it's really sort of just enabling and making sure that you do that in the best way possible from that sense. So it's it's being able, but offering all the channels to the customer. 
Questions and comments um, coming through. You can join in the conversation by typing in and sending them through to us here through the webinar or use the hashtag ARNLive. Um, David Swain from Alpha Tame. David, uh, good afternoon. Thank you for your uh, comment. Uh, interested to hear the views of the panel um, on the happenings at Karzam and obviously Kazoo. Um, David's question, is it the end of 100% um, online operators? Uh, Jonathan, I'll start with you. The end. Um, I think. I think you know, what it's shown is difficult to for a customer to, to feel and touch the car. Um, and each used car is individual. So I, I think the, the the market as always will evolve. I think the franchise dealers have shown that you can operate and work in that space. So I don't see why we can't offer the same type of service to those customers who need it. But you're not seeing. I think you're not. What's showing is that you're not seeing the customers demanding this in sufficient volumes to operate only this way. And I think that's where Kazoo will probably modify or, or disappear, but it'll be what level of modification it moves towards. John, do you think, do you think there's, a, there's a, enough of a market for 100% pure player to remain in that mold or inevitably uh, omni-channel is the way forward? Um, I think that Alex Chesterman um, is not a stupid man, he's a clever man. Um, I wouldn't mind being one pound um, behind him. Um, he will pivot, I have no doubt about it. Um, he does have a physical infrastructure now that he'll want to exploit. Um, but I'm looking forward to hearing what Peter has to think about it, has to say about it. Come on, Peter. Up to the hockey. Up to the hockey, yes. P pure online only. There probably is, in the future, um, a space for somebody to do that but not with two and three year old used cars but with very late low mileage cars mr chesterman although he's obviously siphoned 100 million out in um, in dividends so yes he's, he's he's a very very clever man john you're absolutely right uh, but mr chesterman will run out of cash with this particular venture and he'll need to find um a um, a new area to disrupt Okay, let's talk, come back to um, prices. Mark, I'm going to come to you. John McKinstry at Lookers. Hello, John. Thanks for your message. Um, he asks, is the softening of inquiry rates and retail prices due to the Ukraine war and cost of living prices or cost of living rise? And, and how long will it last? Do you want to have a stab at that? Uh, yeah, so um, there are multiple... It, Prices of cars and what's going on in affordability and so on and so forth is, is, is mainly due to external factors, isn't it? It's, it, it's due to what's going on with um, inflation that we've got with, and there's loads of different things playing into inflation, um, and energy is clearly one of those things. Used car prices, in fact, of course, is another contributory factor. We provide data to the um, the ONS um, now for their, their compilation every month, and, and and you know, energy and used car prices for some time now have been the top two impactors on. On the consumer price index, so um, so yeah, definitely those are those are those are big factors. Um, I guess the the question is what what do we think is going to happen with values over the next you know the next six months or so? Are we set for a drop or whatever else? We're not seeing any signs of that as as I've mentioned earlier on. Um, we are seeing kind of like a slow flattening or a, you know a stabilisation of prices. You know, if we rewind a couple of years, um, you know, we we obviously track this you know very very regularly more than monthly actually peter um you know we we issue this stuff on a, it's available on a daily basis but irrespective oh. the numbers were going we you know we'd see a, a percentage change every now and then of about half a percent up or down 
um, and that was quite quite big. And you know, we suddenly got into fours, fives, sixes, sevens, and then you know we got into double digits, and then we were we were up at thirty percent year on year for for a number of months consecutively. Um, so that has all stopped. I think the panels all agreed that's all cooled down. So so but we don't see, as I mentioned, because the supply situation is what it is. Um, we don't see um, that easing over any time. Um, there is still a shortfall in new car sales. There's still no short cycle business. So we think the market conditions will persist um, for for certainly the second half of this year. I don't think there's going to be any big change in that. Okay. Question from Darren Lee uh, of Lehman's. Hi, Darren. Uh, Peter, I'm going to go to you here. Any advice on how to attract a younger customer base that only seem to operate online? Um, I have a nephew and a niece who you think I think they need to ask that question to, because um, I don't have any kids myself. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know the answer to uh, that question. But what I do firmly believe is that young people still, when they want to buy a used car, I can see them buying a new car completely online. Absolutely. Um, but if they want to buy a used car, they will want to come down and see the vehicle because usually I, you cast your mind back to when you were young, which is quite a while ago, Al. Um, <laughs> and um, every uh, every penny that you had, you know, if you've got 3,500 quid to spend on a used car, your biggest problem is not the 3,500 quid you've got to spend on a used car. Your biggest problem is the research you've got to do online to try and get insurance to drive the damn thing. Um, those are the things that stop young people from, from driving cars, the uh, the massive cost of insurance. But no, young people, I see just as many young people in our showrooms looking at lower price used cars on our motor match sites and inspecting them just like anybody else would because their money's tight. Mm. John, question Stuart from uh, Auto Trader. Hi, Stuart, um, who says, does a better online experience improve the showroom um, experience. So in other words, you're spending less time on the paperwork when the when the customer's getting through that. Now we've been um, we've been working really really hard um, round about merging uh, our processes so they're not distinct. Um, you know, and as I was saying, um, with our digital sales team, um, they'll go as far as you want to go. So if you want to go from soup to nuts, you don't have to go anywhere else. That agent is trained to not only um, understand the product, um, but also understand finance, and we will take you all the way. If you're just looking for a concierge to an introduction to a dealership, they'll do that. Um, but anywhere in between those two, we'll do it. But it also means when you come in, you could have your uh, finance prop done and um, actually approved. So you're there purely just to have an experience around about the car. And that makes the job so much easier for the sales exec. You know, they can concentrate round about the needs and wants of the customer. And that's what we should be aiming for. So um, it's making it as easy as possible. You know, in fairness, if you didn't want to talk to one of our agents, it would still be a little bit clunky. And we've got to get better than that on our website. Um, but again, it's, it's on the agenda. Um, everything's important. It's just getting to the, the most important thing, um, the quickest. So, yeah, we've still got areas where we can improve, but I think, you know, we've moved on, you know, um, hugely in the last 12 months again. You're watching the Auto Retail Network uh, webinar, looking at second half of 2022. Question, Jonathan, I'm going to come to you with this. Uh, talking about um, the chip 
shortage, a chip crisis, and obviously manufacturers are adjusting the model mix um, to to optimize their own profitability, bring forward uh, richer cars because they can only make fewer of them. Does that mean there's an opportunity at the less expensive end of the market, maybe for newer brands? Are you seeing that, Jonathan? Um, I think we, we're seeing sort of the growth of the NG product. That's sort of been sort of coming through and lots of consumers uh, with demand for that. Um, I think because we're seeing customers sort of more willing to accept that about a three to six month lead time for new cars now is sort of understandable as they sort of quite keen on that product or that variant. Um, but it is it is testing patience as in, you know, if dates do slip or customers aren't happy with that delay as in they've got a problem with their car, you're, you've got to try and switch them to used or you've got to try and find an alternative. So I think you're getting more skilled at trying to deal with objections and trying to be better communicators because from a salesman's perspective, it's very much selling the car and getting it out as quickly as you can in terms of a process. So it's it's a different skill they've all learned during COVID and they're coping now with sort of longer lead times. But I think I'm not seeing consumers switching so much to the lower product unless the lead times are excessive. They're very much set on getting the car they want and the color that they want. So it, it is people are being quite sort of specific over, over what they want to get when they spend the money at that level. At the M6, Peter, you've got a rich mix of brands um, at the premium end across the Volkswagen Group, um, across Land Rover and Stellantis. Is is that an issue? Uh, prices going up and maybe opening the market at the bottom end? Bottom end? I think it's a massive issue. I really firmly believe that uh, some of the um, premium um, OEMs are making a huge mistake um, in so much as they are all talking about moving up market at a time when people have got less money to spend. And I believe that if they are not careful, and particularly if they think that everything's going to be demand-led when they bring in such things as the agency model, they could lose market share to Chinese, Korean, and the Japanese who um, actually are bringing out lower-priced derivative electric cars particularly the Chinese, I would be very, very fearful. I never thought, and I was wrong, that Elon Musk would make a success of Tesla because he was selling a high-priced premium car. But he's broken into the premium sector when Lexus have been trying to do it since 1990 with an internal combustion engine car. Um, and he has actually broken in there. So the people who, are, who buy electric cars are not as brand conscious as people who buy normal internal combustion engine cars, they're more interested in the tech. And that's why I think they should be fearful of the uh, of the Chinese and the Koreans. Um, and I um, I think they, um, they, 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 they could be making a huge mistake, the German uh, OEMs. This is, we're nearly done. This has been the Auto Retail Network uh, half two, second half uh, webinar. It's been a lively one, got through some interesting things, heard some interesting views. Before we go, though, important, just a quick tour uh, of our guests for tips to take away, something to action this afternoon um, as you plan your second half campaign. Mark, we'll start with you. Mark Palmer, Brand Director from Auto Trader. Uh, I'm going to repeat something that uh, John and uh, Peter and Jonathan all, all said earlier on. It's about getting back to the things that were being done uh, pre pre-pandemic um absolutely 100 it, it, you know the market now is we've got to start thinking what was it like before what were the great habits and the brilliant basic things that we did before get those in place as quickly as we possibly can and then that will make for a successful second half of the year or a better chance of a successful second half of the year 
Jonathan for Jonathan Gravel from Gravels. Um, cost, energy, and used car pricing. Focus on those. Jordan Sweet, John O'Hanlon at Waylands. Um, I'm, I'm just going to expand it a little bit. Um, there's so much change coming through our sector, and whether it be agency or whether it be EV, I would just um, I would just make just plead with everyone just to make sure you're aware of what's happening with your brand, with your brand partners, so you're best placed to be able to affect it before it becomes a fait accompli. Looking ahead and planning, and Peter Smythe from Swansway, final word. Uh, this is what I would say. I would say to anybody, run off a copy of your stock list, your used car stock list. I would then count how many cars you've got in stock, including sold awaiting delivery and trade, and you need to have that number of cars in stock which maxes which matches the amount of cars you expect to sell next month so if you're going to sell 50 used retail cars next month you need to have a count including sold awaiting delivery and trade of 50 on your stock list that way you'll be able to overcome more um, price corrections that will come because used car prices are still too high Thank you, Peter. Thank you to all our guests. And thank you for joining us this afternoon for uh, the Auto Retail Network webinar. If you believe a colleague in uh, your organisation would benefit from taking 30 minutes and, and watching through the conversation, please, by all means, forward them the link uh, and so they can benefit from the guidance of our panel and auto trader today. We look forward to seeing you next time. And in the meantime, good luck in the showroom.